Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. How's everyone doing? Man, I am so excited to be back in Excelsior Springs. My feet are not, but from there on up, everything else is excited because I'm frozen from like here down. I don't know if any of you guys get cold feet, but man, my feet are, as soon as I got off the airplane, I was frozen. Uh, It is miserable. Why don't you guys just all move down to Florida with me and we can really get something going. Uh, So if you don't know, I'm Pastor Johnny. I'm the pastor's son and I'm the black sheep that moved away. And uh, so we moved about a year and a half ago. It's, all, it's coming up on two years. Um, and we absolutely love Florida. I mean, we are like beach bums, you know. I mean, I had somebody ask me today if I actually had a house or do I just live at the beach. Uh, yes, is right. Man, we love it. Right? So I have a message I believe that I have for you today here at ES First, and I can say what I want because in a couple days I get to fly to Florida, and I don't have to see you next week. Move. So we're going to read in uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to start in chapter 84, and I'm going to talk to you today about there is no plan B, right? God didn't create a plan B. He knew from the beginning to the end, and he created his plan, and it is plan A, no plan B. So we're going to read in Psalms 84, and it says, uh, the introduction says, for the director of music, according to Giddeth, of the sons of Korah. So not all the Psalms were written by King David, right? A lot of the Psalms were written by David, but these are written by Korah, okay, the music director. It says in verse 1, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young in place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which Baca means weeping, as they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I'm going to skip to verse 10. It says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord of the God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. I'm going to tell you today, I am thankful that God created plan A. And plan A to me, I'm going to tell you, is God's church. God's church. And there is no plan B. The, the, the Psalms 84 is written by 
a family, and it says the sons of Korah. So some of you might not understand who the sons of Korah is. Has anyone in here heard the story of Korah? Well, I'm a storyteller. Let me tell you the story of Korah. Now, I won't flip back to Numbers chapter 15 and 16, but I'll just tell you the story of Korah, who Korah was. Korah was a guy underneath Moses after Moses like Pharaoh, Pharaoh, whoa, let my people go, right? All y'all, the same as the God people will know that one. Um, So he's following Moses, and he, the Bible writes, that he starts up a rebellion against Moses, right? He's like, oh, you're not anointed, this, that, and the other. Why are we out here? This is stupid. Why are we in the wilderness, this, that, and the other? And Korah starts a rebellion against God's church. And the Bible says that God says to Moses, tell Korah to get his people together, and we'll have like a little pray-off. And so they go out, and Moses is like, yo, Korah, let's just see if you're anointed or I'm anointed, and God opens up the earth and swallows Korah up. Yeah, just swallows him right up. And then there's 250 people that are with him, and they just get lit on fire. Isn't that just wonderful? Our God is a loving God. He loves you. And he swallows them right up, and then Moses is standing there like, I told you. <laughs> and so for, and then the Bible says in, in Numbers 15 16, that it, that God banishes Korah's family from church for seven generations. So Korah made a really big mistake, gets swallowed up, and then for seven generations, his family is not welcome to come to church, which is a little longer than like five or six months of 2020, right? And so they're banished from uh, going to church, going to the tabernacle and being in God's presence. And so after that ban comes up, Korah's family, the sons of Korah, ends up writing some of the Psalms. And so now if we were to read Psalms 84 in the understanding that they have been banned from church for seven generations, this is what they write. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My, my soul yearns and even faints like I am like dying right here. It's been generations, and I am tired of not being in the presence of the Lord. I would say 2020 has been a lot like that for us. You know what the world wants to tell us? You can go to Walmart, but you can't come to church. Why in the world is Home Depot open? You know what I'm saying? Like, the world will tell you, hey, it's okay to pack yourselves in Walmart, but not okay to be in church. And so they show this sincere sincere cry for the presence of the Lord. If you go back another few uh, chapter uh, books or chapters in Psalms is Psalms chapter 48. And it says this, great is the Lord 
and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for what? We're in a situation. I don't know if you've lost your job or if your kids are out of school and you got to figure out how to babysit or whatever's going on. I know some of us have experienced COVID and we've got a situation on our hands. And it says, the great is the Lord, and it's talking about the city of God, which would be Zion, the Mount Zion, which is the church, beautiful for situation. Whatever your situation is right now, the sons of Korah are like, hey, I've been away for seven generations. I've been cursed from getting to church. This place is beautiful for whatever situation there is. Because I've been through trouble, you've been through trouble And I'll tell you, this place is beautiful for a situation because I've been in the position where I would be up here on a Thursday night or a Monday night with nobody around. And this was my answer, right? I know that you are the church and Jesus lives in this little perfect Jesus-shaped hole in your heart, but... The church is plan A, right? Jesus came and to get you to heaven. If he didn't create something after that, that would be plan A, right? But what happens is, is God went back up to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, and he's like, now go and preach the gospel to every nation and do it together, right? And this is, let's do it together, There's even a story, there's a time, there's a verse, let's see, Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 24. Now, this is what walking with Christ and being in a community of believers is like. Okay, so Luke chapter, ES first. Luke chapter 10, I'm skipping a couple, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through, yeah, just 17. The 72 returned with joy because they were going out and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, I'm going to say that COVID is a little bit less potent and a little bit less powerful than a demon. Right? And so as the 72 said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Let's get together and have some hummus and pita and let's have some church. Right? Because the demons and the trouble and the situation knew who these people were. They knew who they were. Because if you read on, it says the demons are like, well, what are you doing? Why is Jesus here? Okay, now let's read chapter, let's go to Acts chapter 13 and verse 16. Some other people that weren't really churchgoers, they were like, you know what? I really just watch church online because I'm scared of the COVID. Now, I'm not putting you down if you watch online this, that, and the other. But I'll tell you, I watched church for three weeks online, and I felt empty. Uh, worship and the songs are really great, but standing back there it had a completely different feeling than when I was watching it online. And so what happens is, is let's go to Acts. There's some people that did the, try to do the exact same thing that the other people did. It says, some Jews who went around driving out evil, evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon-possessed. The same situation. And they said it like this. It's funny how the Bible says it. It They would say, in the name of the Jesus. They didn't even, it's like, 
It's like, what? In the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. In the name of the guy, the thing. I I watched it online once, and I'm going to try it. And then what happens? A Jewish priest, a Jewish chief priest were doing this one day, and the evil spirits answered to them. Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who the heck are you? What? Oh, you're the guy that was sitting on the couch pretending, oh, yeah, when it got to a, a really important part during the sermon, you had a potty break, and your kid was asking you to do something else, and you were making some popcorn watching church at home. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. That's freaky. I don't want any of that. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, I'm not saying that staying home watching service is a bad thing. But I do know that there's going to be a situation in your life. And you do not want the response when you try to stand up against it for you to walk out naked and bleeding. I don't mind if that happens to Jess, but I don't want myself to be running with my chicken legs, running out in front of everybody embarrassed, getting beat up by a demon that I know that I can beat, that I can beat. It's frustrating when you hear people's stories and they're stuck right now. And they're fearful, right? For me, growing up in the church, everything here was beautiful for my situation. You know, a lot of things change in your life when you get into a community of believers that are on fire for the Lord, right? And the the cool thing is, is not everything's all spiritual, right? Like you talk to Josh and Ashley or Chris and Gayla, they met at church, right? You, so there are more benefits to coming in as believers than just the fact that I can curse demons and make it out without bleeding and running around, right? It's pretty amazing, you know? Ever since I was a kid, we moved here when I was 10, and uh, Wanda Lee used to sit up, sit up in the balcony with her mother and Man, every time you come in, I don't know if you've had a Wanda Lee hug in, in your life, but, man, that's life-changing. You know what I mean? And luckily, you get it at Walmart, but she's going to get in trouble for hugging everybody because that's what she does. But I'll just tell you, if you are the church, and, and we do believe that, God is in our lives, and, and, and he's the only way to heaven, but there's just something about meeting people in the house of God. Right? There's just something about getting together. You know, the Bible says if, if there's anyone sick among us, bring them to the elders of the what? Of the church. Right? And we live in a generation that a lot of us would say that 2020 was a rough year. And if you really think about it, evaluate everything, not a lot changed in 2020. Like I said, you could go to Walmart. You could go and get stuff at Lowe's that you wanted. You had to rob toilet paper, but not a lot changed, okay? Now, some sporting events and some things like that changed, but the one thing that they did change was locking the doors of the churches. And 
I would talk to my dad, talk to Brandon. Yeah, we, we can't do city love. We can't, we can't do this and we can't do that. And what's happened is, is they silenced the voice of God in our communities by shutting the doors. And that is not a healthy thing. And you look, and I'm not saying God is turning back on America. I'm saying that the help and the stuff that the, the people need, the altar time, the hug from Wanda, you know, Melanie's like, you ever talk to Melody Donovan and left like, man, I feel like an idiot, you know? No, you talk to Melody and you're like, man, I feel good, right? And those are the moments in our lives that really can change your life. And we need to be a church that is ready to move forward and say, you know what? I'll wear my mask, but I'm going to be in the altars. I'm going to be worshiping Jesus because there is no plan B. So, if we are a family, I just want to relate this to our lives a little bit. Have you ever come to church or been away for a minute and come back or, or tried a new church or had a, a fight with someone in the church and you come back and it's a little bit weird? You ever experienced that? It's like, oh, I'm just, I know I'm trying to get, I'm just trying to get over it, you know. Um, my dad would say, Sister Hootendiddle. Sister Hootendiddle hurt my feelings, you know, and I'm just having a hard time. Or maybe you have some unanswered prayers. And you're like, you know what, God, I've been praying for it. It's unanswered, and I'm, I'm just kind of frustrated, and, and it's not working for me. God's plan A is so important that he relates a lot of the word to a family. And so I want to read um, in Luke chapter 15. There's a story of a family. And in every family, you have three types of people, okay? And if you're having troubles figuring out where you fit in church or, and this is the way really in, even in your own family, there are three types of people, okay? There are servants, there are siblings, and there are sons and daughters. And so I'll explain that in a second. But there's a parable that Jesus tells of a son that cashes in on his inheritance and runs off and squanders it. You guys heard that story? Jesus says, okay, so a guy comes up to his dad and is like, hey, you know, I got this girl over here. She hollering at me. And she knows I got some money. And so I'm going to have to ask for, like, some money and some stuff. And so he takes his money and takes his stuff and he goes and he squanders it, spends it on prostitutes and wild living, the Bible says. And then when he's at the very bottom, he, 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 he says this, he's like, man, I'm eating pig stuff. And the servants are even eating better at my father's house. So he comes up with this speech. And he walks back miles and miles and miles trying to think of how he's going to restore his relationship with his father. And when he's a long ways off, his father sees him, picks up his dress and starts running at him, right? He, he's been waiting for his son to return. 
Now, I think a lot of us have gone through <clears throat> some issues in our life, and we've been there. We've been where we're like, I don't know if, if I can go back. I don't know if God's really going to heal me because of my addiction to, can you put in whatever it is? You ever been there? I've been there. It's like, well, last week I did this, and I know I wasn't supposed to do it, um, so I can't pray for this because I don't think God's going to answer it. And so I want to bring up a chart. I have, um, the. let's start with the sons and daughters. So we're going to read that story here in a second. But as sons and daughters, we are heirs to the kingdom. We are heirs to everything that Christ has. Everything he has, we have because we're sons and daughters. We, we, get, we have the privilege to come to church. You know, we get to serve. We get to give. We get to do the things that God asks us to do. We are submitted to his will. We are submitted to, you know what, whatever he has for my life, if I'm going to be a dump truck driver or a mechanic, I'm going to do it. I'm submitted to his, his will. When something happens to a brother or a sister in Christ, we cover that weakness, right? Somebody messes up, we don't throw them to the wolves. We cover that weakness. We go to them. We pray for them. We, we carry their burdens. We're drawn to the vulnerability of people that are in need, and we are so much love-based. We are, we are based on Jesus Christ and his love for us. Now, what happens in this story is that the son steps out of his son and daughtership into siblingship, okay? And so can you pull that up for a second? So then he sees his brother and his dad as equals. Hey, I need my money. And he sees his family members as equals. And I'm sure while he was, you know, because to get your inheritance is going to take more than just like going to Wells Fargo and having them pull out the money. His dad had to sell his sheep, had to sell this, had to sell some extra houses, had to sell some servants, this, that, and the other, to give the son his money. And I'm sure while he was doing that, he was sipping on, if you like two pina coladas or whatever. So he's out there hanging out, and he's got obligation to do to be, and he's not going to do it. His dad probably asks him to do something, and he does it because he ought to or should. You ever been there when God asks you to do something? You're like, well, I ought to do this, not get to. And so you just go on down the list. Like if a sibling would see church as, okay, it's a good connection. It's, good, it's a good transaction for me. Um, and you know what? I've seen some, some new Christians that wanted to look like better Christians, so they expose other Christians' weaknesses. You ever been part of that where you're like, what did I do to you, man? Like, I, I'm just trying to be me. Like, why you got to point out all my problems? And then you got, you just kind of tolerate vulnerability, vulnerability. And then everything's kind of transactional because it's like, yeah, I'll do something for Chris. But, you know, I've done three things for you, bro, and, and you ain't done nothing for me. So next time you call, you know, you better come mow my lawn or something. 
So if we were to pull up both of them right next to each other, we would understand that if we are true believers in the family of God and we were to be on plan A, we would understand, hey, we've got to treat everyone we see, everyone who comes through those doors, as heirs to the throne, right? Not like equals, right? My dad's always said there's no big eyes and little U's in our church, right? We are equals, okay? And when someone comes in with a problem, I am privileged to be here, not obligated, Right? And I would think being away from church for six or seven months would really make this important. Because it's like, man, I just, I'll, I need to shovel somebody's snow or something, you know, because I, I, I've got all this stud in me and I need to give it away. And then pastor asks you to do something and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's immediate. It's, I get to. You know, I've seen... I've seen Pastor ask Eric multiple things in the last 20 years. Can you? Oh, yeah, I'd love to do it. I'll get, yeah, I'll get to it. It's not like, ah, oh, geez, he's calling again, right? And so when you're, in the, when you're in the dumps, you're in the bottom, and you're, you're experiencing trouble, what happens is Satan wants to tell you that you're not a son and a daughter of Christ. He wants to tell you, you know what? You muffed it up, Right? Okay, so you took all your money and you squandered it. You're not a sibling anymore. You're not a son and daughter anymore. You're a servant. So he's down in the muck and the mire, and he says, okay, well, maybe I can go back as an employee. Right? And all the rest. So I want to read this story just for a second, and we can see how it's very easy for us to step in and out of all these things. And so you might find yourself even in your own family with some of these issues. Are you serving your husband and your, and your wife? I, I get to. Not I ought to. Are you submitted or are you just connected? Right? So it says this. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of this state. Boom, drops down a level. Give me my share right? If it's all together, we're all heirs. It doesn't matter. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his health or wealth in, in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in, in that whole country. You know, the sad thing is, is if he'd have been home, that famine wouldn't have messed with him. We're in 2020, and I'll just tell you, if, if we could have stayed open, there's a lot of things that wouldn't have affected us. Uh, so he went and hired himself out as a citizen of that country. He went to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed, he, long, he, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods of pigs were eaten, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants? He's put himself as a hired servant. The father didn't. He's still just waiting. I want my boy back. And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to the father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You ever had someone in your family where you're like, you know what, I'm so sorry. And then from then on, you're like just trying to like earn some like 
talk. Can you just talk to me, please? I took the trash out. Sorry, babe. Um, but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned. And we know he get, tries to say his stuff. But the father said to his servants, he immediately is like, you are not them. He could have been like, you know what? Yeah, welcome back. Why don't you go kill the calf? Go out there and butcher it, and we'll have it. You know, treat him like a servant. Immediately, he didn't. He hands him a robe, and he celebrates. For the son of mine was dead, and now is live again. He was lost, and now is found. I would say if God's church is plan A, and the Bible talks about how God is coming back for his bride, which is the church, we were lost and were found again. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son, who never stepped out of, can you pull up the chart again? He never stepped out of sonship and daughtership until he saw someone of lesser value, the brother that screwed everything up, get treated as an equal, get treated and brought back into the heirs of the throne. And then he took himself down to, a, down to a sibling. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called, and he's like, what is going on? I didn't know dad liked Shakira. Your brother has come. He replied, your father has killed the fatted calf, and they've got a party. And then he gets mad and stays in sibling, and he might even go down to servant because we don't know what happens after that. I want to urge you, God's plan A is for you to be in God's house. The Bible said in, in Psalms 84, and we, wrote the, and we read this, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper or whatever, mopping the floors, than spend a, a gazillion of them at Walmart or shopping or doing whatever I want. And I'll tell you, the world has always pushed that. The world has always pushed that. In this last, in 2020, we've seen how they've, they've made it fearful for us. I'll just, I, I, I'm not on my deathbed. But I would say this. I would rather be here and die tomorrow than not come, watch it at home, and lose my salvation and lose my zeal for the Lord and drop from sons and daughterships down into whatever it is, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We're all going to stand in front of the Lord someday, and he's going to have the chance to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did it. You might have died from COVID or getting a car wreck or grandma got ran over by a reindeer, but whatever it is, I would rather this be my thing than to just made it at home, than to just barely made it by, to take all my vulnerability and have it made in, in front of everyone where they make fun of me or whatever. I want to be love-based, not transactional-based or duty-based. So I want to 
rewind. I didn't read Korah and the story, but I want to wrap up with this. In Numbers chapter 15, it's talking about Korah and all the issue. They just got out of Egypt, and they're running around, okay? And I always wondered why God didn't just give the book to Adam and Eve because it would have made a little more sense. Maybe they wouldn't have eaten the apple, right? They, it's like, can you just tell us? I, I feel like uh, you when you read the first part of the, the Bible, it's like God being like, <laughs> okay. Okay, so don't do that, Cain, right? Don't kill, okay? So he should, why didn't he say that to start? So then I, I feel like from the beginning, even in with Adam and Eve, you know, God pursued Adam and Eve and found they were hiding because he was coming to dine with them. And then he's like, oh, you did it. Okay, well, let's do something different. And so then Moses gets out in the wilderness and he's like, okay, keep, you know, there's a Sabbath day. Let's keep it holy. Okay. And then in chapter 15, he says this of Numbers. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. And they kept him in custody because it was not clear what they should do to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death, as the Lord commanded. Now, obviously, this is God just saying, hey, I'm putting emphasis on the Sabbath is important. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in between there and like Jesus coming and, 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 the, and tearing the veil and everything else. But right after that, God says this. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself by chasing after the lusts of your hearts and your eyes. Then you will remember to obey my commands just by having some tassels. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and I will consecrate and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of that situation to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So I got a hazmat suit on this morning and uh, I put some blue tassels under your chairs. You can put that on your keychain or something like that because today we learned and I don't want an excuse ever again. We learned today that God's plan A is the church because we can do a lot more together than we can separate. And 2020 has experienced, has shown us that. And so I want to tell you, keep the tassels so that you can remember the commands of the Lord, so that you can remember the things that he's done for you, the places he's taken you from, 
the relationships he's given you. Because every time I come back to ES first, I'm like, I remember this. I remember that. I'm going to take that blue tassel with me. I'm going to say, you know what? I remember. I remember that there is no plan, no plan B. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for sending your son to die for our sins and creating an atmosphere of worship. Thank you for giving us the power to command demons to come out and to heal the sick, to pray for those that need jobs and new relationships. Lord, I pray as we go forward as a church that you would be in this place, that you would just kick COVID in the butt, that we can pray and we can lay hands on those and they would be healed that we are not fearful of what the world has for us. And even if something happens to us, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We thank you for your word and what you've done in our lives. We thank you for it in your name.